Good morning. My name is Alan, and welcome to week 14 of our growth journal. This is also week one of a new series that I'll talk about in just a minute, and week three of the virtual church experience brought to you by the coronavirus. Uh, this has been certainly a weird week for all of us, a strange, strange week. I went to Papa John's this week to get pizza for the family, and when I walked into the store, there was a young man working there who said hello because he recognized me from Mountain Park Church, So, he, and he said that he uh, goes to the church. Nice young man, worked there, and we just had a conversation while I was waiting for my pizza. Uh, he asked if I was afraid for my family, and I said, no, I'm not afraid uh, for their uh, illness at this point. And he said, uh, he said, yeah, he's not afraid either because he's young and, uh, and doesn't, not concerned that it will be a problem for him. He said, he said, your kids will be fine because they're young. He said, you, you could go either way. So then there was a little awkward moment there in the lobby of Papa John's. Hmm. So it's just a strange, strange uh, season for all of us. So what are you doing with your time? Let me show you something that me and my family are doing with, with our time. We are doing this incredible puzzle from the uh, Rogue One Star Wars movie. 2,000 pieces. And it's, we've been working on this for quite a while. It's, it's pretty fun. And uh, 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 this is, you may notice, this is the sticker from the garage sale. Bought it from our garage sale for $2. So two weeks worth of work slash fun for a family of five for $2. That's a pretty good ROI. And then in the end, pretty soon, we're going to have a finished image that looks exactly like the one on the box that we already have before we did any of the work. It's kind of a silly thing to do a puzzle just to get an image. It's like, it's like doing this on your phone. It takes two weeks to do that. So anyway, um, uh, also what we've been uh, working on as a family is we did a, a parody video uh, 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 to the song Hey There Delilah called Hey There Corona. You can go on our Facebook page and check that out. I do want to give kudos to my daughter Lila for as the editor of that video. She's also the videographer here in my home behind the camera right now. And it's pretty nice to have your own production team in your home for a time like this, for such a time as this. So again, glad that you're here. Let's uh, pray as we launch into today's message. Father, I'm thankful that we, uh, we do have technology so that we can connect and we can connect with you and enjoy, um, enjoy being with you. We are thankful that you are in every one of our homes right now. And I pray that uh, you would come and speak to us in the name of your son, we pray, amen. The theme for the journal this time around is growth. It's what we've been talking about for the past number of weeks. Growth always involves change. Change was the first series we looked at in the journal journey. And while it's true that change is, is not always good, growth always requires change. Now this has been a season of unprecedented change. There's no doubt about that. And so the question this morning is, are we using this opportunity, the questions throughout this series and, and, and this morning, are we using this opportunity 
towards good change? Are we, there's forced change upon us. Are we using it towards something good or not? We're starting a new series this morning called The Challenge of Jesus. If we're gonna look at change and how to do it well, what better thing to look at than the words, than the teachings of Jesus himself? What I love about Jesus' teachings is that they are incredibly practical. He doesn't stay in, in the theological zone. He doesn't stay kind of abstract. He shoots real straight with real life issues. Um, he has his group of 12 disciples for three years, and he wants to help them in terms of how to do life. He talks about divorce. He talks about anger. He talks about forgiveness. He talks about money. He talks about all of these things that you and I can relate to so well. At one point, he even says, men, do not look lustfully at another woman. Boom, shoots real straight. How many of you men can relate to that? Have I created an awkward moment at home for you right now? A number of years ago, I did a study of the four gospels, the first four books in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, the four versions of the story of Jesus to identify all of the things that Jesus taught. And there are many duplicates in those books, but, but I found that there were about 100 unique different things that Jesus was teaching. 100, that's it. It was 100 things. Of those 100, how many would you say you're aware of? How many would you say that you are practicing? 50, 20? 10? There, there's really only a hundred things that Jesus teaches us. And so it's really important for us to have a sense of what those things are. Some time ago, Jan, the executive pastor here at Mountain Park, he did a teaching on Matthew chapter 28, where Jesus tells his disciples, he says, now go and teach the people what I have commanded to commanded you. And in essence, he's saying, teach them the 100 things that I have told you, plus, you know, whatever Jesus has said to them. Teach them what I've commanded to you. And, and, and Jan had said, this is so great. He was really challenging the, the, the WWJD, what would J Jesus do bracelet, saying, that's really not the most helpful thing because uh, WWJD is just guessing. It's just us walking around trying to guess at what Jesus would do in this situation. What is much more clear and more accurate is to ask ourselves, what did Jesus teach? What, what W-D-J-T? It doesn't, it doesn't flow as well, but, but it's way more helpful and accurate. What exactly did Jesus teach? Fortunately, we have the notes from four guys who actually took the three-year course with Jesus or knew people who took the three-year course with Jesus. We have their notes, and the names of those guys are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The book of Matthew is the first book in the New Testament, and as a writer, he was very interested in the teachings of Jesus. In fact, 59 of the 100 things that Jesus taught are found in the book of Matthew. There's a section near the beginning, chapters five, six, and seven, which is referred to as the Sermon on the Mount, those three chapters in themselves contain 19 of those 100 teachings of Jesus. It's really pretty remarkable. All of this is captured in one book. So this morning, what I want to, what I want to do is look at those three chapters and see a theme that actually runs through it, a theme that is part of the challenge of Jesus. And in order to do that, I want to take advantage of the uniqueness of our situation 
here with virtual church and the reality of looking into a screen. In order to do that, I want to switch to this screen. These screens that we're so comfortable with and so familiar with on so many different levels, um, some time ago, they, were, uh, they blew people away. I mean, it was invented in the 20s. They became popular in every home in the 50s. And when people were first introduced, in, introduced to it, it was just magical that this stuff could happen on this box, that within the comfort of their own living room, people could be transported to different parts of the world, up into the sky or into somebody else's living room or into the depths of the sea or climbing a mountain. And people would actually go up to these, these boxes, these TV boxes, and look in behind them to see, well, how is that happening? How is that inside of that box? They were blown away by it. So we want to capitalize on the magic of the screen by transporting you from my living room here to Israel, to the hills on the north side of the Sea of Galilee. Welcome to Israel. Okay, it's not actually Israel. But interestingly enough, the topography of Phoenix is very similar to the country of Israel. They're at the same longitudinal line, and they're both in the desert, and they have uh, similar terrain, etc. It would have been on a mountain very similar to this, perhaps with more grass, but uh, just north of the Sea of Galilee that Jesus would have walked up and with many people gathered underneath, he would have spoken these words that we find in Matthew chapter 5. Beginning in verse 21, Jesus said, You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not commit murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Later on, he says, You have heard that it was said, You shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. You have heard that it was said, Eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. Jesus uses this combination of phrase multiple times in the Sermon on the Mount. You've heard that it was said. In other words, this is part of the Old Testament law. This is how we understand how we are to do life. But I tell you, and Jesus takes it to a new level. He says, I'm not just interested in thinking about what's happening on the, on, on the outside. I'm interested in what's happening on the inside. It's a transition from the external to the in internal. Growth is this transition from, from our outside actions, which are important, but growth means we move beyond the outside actions to the internal motives. Before we came to Phoenix, I was an associate pastor in Cincinnati, Ohio. And I had a great team that I got to lead. It was a creative team and it was an opportunity for me to learn how to lead. It was a great team with the exception of one person. There was one guy that I really struggled with. He just had a bad attitude. He came to work grumpy, he left grumpy. And in the middle of that, uh, he would respond negatively to almost any idea that came up. And so I uh, went to my boss to, to get some help in terms of how to fix him, <laughs> which is what leaders do, right? No, just kidding. I just went to, to my boss to find out how I can best lead this person. And my boss gave me advice that I'll never forget. It's troubling, but it's advice that I'll never forget, that we manage people's behavior, not their attitude. 
We don't get to manage their attitude. All we can manage is the, uh, is the external things, what's happening on the outside. And, but what's most important, what's really important is what's going on on the inside. And that's the frustrating part of sometimes about leadership. God, as our leader, as the one who set this whole thing in motion, he set a foundation for us to address the out, outside behavior. That's what all the laws are about in the Old Testament, to address the behavior. But what God was always interested in is the inside. The outside stuff has never been the issue. It's always been about moving us from external to internal. That's what we do as parents. That's, that's our value as parents is to, is to develop what's going on inside with our, with our kids. A bad day of parenting is when we nip, nip, nip at all the external issues, at all the behavior pieces, uh, or when we explode because of something that our child says or does. A good day of parenting is when we look beyond the behavior, beyond the external issues, into and look at the inter at what's happening on the inside. God is our Father, and He's a very good parent, and He has the ability to look beyond the external issues. He has a the ability to to look at our heart because that's what's most important to Him. So, when things do not go so well, when the external issues for us are not going well, what really matters is what's going on in the heart. When the, when the, when, you know, life changes dramatically and we have to work from home in ways that we never thought we would have to, or we are surrounded by our kids in ways where we didn't think we were going to have to in the month of April, um, uh, or on the other end, if we're finding ourselves more in isolation than, than we wanted to be, then uh, uh, it, it, those are the external issues. But what really matters is what's going on on the on the, uh, on, on the on the inside. Growth is the transition from the external to the internal. All right. Now I'm going to take myself back to my living room. We're magically back. The reality is. We're all focused on inside right now. We're literally stuck inside. The outside stuff is very different than it normally is. There's a lot less influence. There's less deception. There's less masking going on right now. We're all stuck inside anyway. What better time for us to focus on what's happening, what's going on on the inside? That's what growth is. It is the movement from external to internal because it's the internal stuff. That's the stuff that really matters. Jesus says repeatedly, you've heard that it was said, external, but I tell you, internal. You've heard that it was said, you should be faithful to your spouse, but I tell you, love your wives, husbands. I tell you, respect your husbands, wives. You've heard that it was said, don't yell at your kids, but I tell you, enjoy them. Enjoy this time that we have with them that is like no other. You've heard that it was said, call your parents, remember to call your parents. But I tell you, tell something specific that you appreciate about them. When you talk with them, let them know how and why you appreciate them. Let's make the most of this opportunity as we go from external to internal. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you um, 
for your word. I thank you for your teachings, that you don't overwhelm us with teaching, with volumes and volumes. You just give us this amount that, is, that has changed the world, these 100 things. So Father, I pray that as we look at the Sermon on the Mount and just the clarity of your, your extension from the external to the internal, God, that we would take that in. We would use that. We would be transformed by that here this week as we continue to figure out what life is supposed to look like here in this season. We pray this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Well, so glad that you joined with us here uh, this morning. Next Sunday is Easter. It's Easter next Sunday, and it will be an Easter like no other. We actually had a comment on Facebook. Somebody said, hey, why don't we just get in our cars and just just go in the parking lot and stay six feet apart and kind of have some kind of Easter celebration. DeAndre had the idea of maybe having a drive-in Easter party and projecting a screen onto the white walls of the church. Sounds like a blast. We couldn't make that happen, but it, Easter is going to be great nonetheless. So please join us for one of our uh, five uh, services next Sunday for a virtual Easter experience. Uh, it'll be an opportunity for us to celebrate the story of Jesus and once again, be challenged by his teachings. Again, so glad that you're with us. God bless you guys. Uh, have a great week and we'll see you next Sunday.